0: Hello, church. Uh, I just want to say um, greetings from the morning service. Because we're going to go really deep. see some people have read my title. Okay, so we're going to talk about poo, innovation, and Jesus. So I realize some people might think that that emoji is actually a swear word. The S word. But I just want to tell you, you're thinking dirty thoughts in my... In church, but then there's another group of people here that might be even more offended, and, that, and, with a, and, and, and with the fact that I used innovation and Jesus in the same sentence, for those people, this sermon, this sermon is for you. This message is for you. So I'm going to start with poo. Uh, I spend a lot of my time thinking about and also time on poo farms that looks like this. It looks like this. (laughs) It worked in the morning, so it's... Jason? I could change the worship slides while we were worshiping, but now I can't change it. It's not working. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I know the laser works. Can you see it? Is it working? Still. Okay. Let's go again. It looks like this. <laughs> but I, I also like to call it the chocolate factory. <laughs> and my role... My role on these these plants is to to do the electrical and the electronic infrastructure, which looks like this. So a lot of orange panels. So if you ever go to wastewater treatment works, I know you would like to go. Then if you see an orange panel, that's probably my work. Okay. And what but what what's really cool for me to work on these wastewater treatment works—that's a real technical term for it—is that we take water in, looking like. No, I don't have a photo of that. But you can imagine how that looks. I'm sure you've been to the toilet recently. That is what comes in. And then we have this process. It takes it through this process, and at the end, it's so clean that you test it by drinking it. That's one of my colleagues, Reino, and he's drinking the water. It tastes a little bit muddy, um, and maybe you'll have a weird twitch in your eye for the week. But it means it's working. So that's that's just the context of my work, and I hope I've given you a taste <laughs> of my work. Does everyone have that taste? So a few a few years back, our company decided now they want to really they want to be really innovative, and we we decided that we're going to find out what does innovation mean. And our team also decided how how can we be innovative in as engineers and also in the water sector, and. But it's very difficult with innovation because a lot of people have different ideas of what innovation is. So if I were to ask you, why do you think of something that's innovative? You'll probably think of these things. Do you think of any of those things? I know teenagers would have thought about the top one there, on the left. Maybe you think of drones, school tech, artificial intelligence, robots, virtual reality. Or we think of tech companies like Uber or Apple. Samsung, Google, Tesla. But the tech, is re- the tech is really important. But what we've discovered is, is there's actually something much more fundamental to innovation. It's something more than just tech or the cool new product. It's this. love. It all comes down to love. It's basically the idea is that if you want to, if you want to think of Something. if you want to say something's innovative, you can only say it's innovative if it really addresses a need of someone. Then you can say it's innovative. But the only way you can find out how it is innov- that it is innovative if, is if you have empathy for your client or your end user of that product. And, that, and empathy, we all know, it's standing in someone else's shoes and experiencing what that person is experiencing. And another word for empathy is love. So it's that old idea that You can only help someone if you love them. And that brings me to Jesus. If you look at Jesus, he followed this formula in his ministry. He came to a place, he saw the crowd like here, and he had compassion on the crowd, or sometimes he talks about a person, he had compassion on a person, and then he he acted on that compassion, and he addressed the deep-seated need. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus was an innovator. He was a market disruptor. Just think about it. The Pharisees basically had a monopoly on religion when he came. And then he totally dis- destroyed their market share. Do you agree? The same way with God. If you read in the Bible, it says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. And he dist- He totally destroyed the devil's market share. He is also a disruptor. It's like father, like son. They're innovators. And that... And that's what Steve Jobs also understand when he said that. He said, you've got to start with a customer experience and work back towards the technology, not the other way around. You've got to start with the customer, how he is experienced. The only way you can know that is to have empathy. So it's all about innovation. It's all about love. Okay, so back to the chocolate factory. How does that apply to what I do? And we thought about it in our team. What is it what does it mean because obviously when we when you build a plant the biggest benefactor is that it is the public it's you because we clean your stuff but if we we can't really say that you that we we help you by physically building something but what you realize is we must actually the people that we must design for is the operators because operators is the people that have the biggest influence in helping us clean your stuff. And the operators are these guys. These are Drift Sands Wastewater Treatment Works in in BE. So these guys are the general workers. Um, and they clean the site and look after the site and make sure that it's neat and the site is, is working fine. And one of the places they work is the Inlet Works for Wastewater Treatment. I know by now you want to go to a wastewater treatment works, but if you ever go, the inlet works is the grossest place that you'll ever go. It's where we take everything that's not supposed to be thrown down in the toilet and we clean it. We've got these big rags that clean all that stuff up. And that's where they work. Luckily for them, most of the time it's automated. But sometimes the power fails and then they have to manually clean. And the problem with this side is that the power sometimes went off often and they were complaining. I was there and they were complaining about that. That's one of their needs is there's their power goes off and then I must manually clean. So well so I just after I took that photo, the power went off. So we walked to the inlet works and so now we're gonna go I I thought maybe I'll help them clean. I'm tough, I can handle this. So we walk we walk to 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 the inlet works and um and we were like six people walking and I was chatting to the one guy. And the next moment, every all the, other, all the guys disappeared. It's only the one guy left. And he said, look, look what happened. The other guys think I'm less educated. That's why I must clean. And then in that moment, I realized, yes, I can design something that affects someone's humanity. He feels like a less valuable human being because he must clean it. If I can help him, because it's actually easy to solve that problem for him. We do it all the time. We just put it in a generator, it kicks in automatically, then it's, then it's solved. But I, as an engineer, can help someone or someone's address someone's deep-seated need. So for, for our team, we try and do that in every project. We will try and involve these guys with the designs. We talk about we want to co-create with them. So it's not just us designing something for, for them. We want to design with them. So one of the tools we use Sorry, that's the inlet works. That's how it looks. I'll just skip it quickly. <laughs> Luckily, you can't smell it. So this is what we call a journey map. And we go and we go to to the, to the people, and then we we ask them questions. So tell me, how does your normal day look? And we have an interview with them, a chat. We ask them, okay, what, what areas in your day are you happy about? What do you like and what do you don't like? As you can see, some... There's a, there's a smiley face on top and there's a sad face, and we try and map it out. This is just the way we communicate with them. And then what we do in our designs, we try and address those issues. Obviously, some of the issues we can't address, like sometimes they'll tell you, "No, I need more money," can't can't help with that. Uh, but some of the things we can address. And then we'll have a workshop and we'll discuss this with the superiors, and we we'll say, "Okay, this is what we want to design. We want to design so that your operators can operate this plant because." We believe that if we, if, if we design it so they can easily operate the plant, they'll make this plant a success. And the next video is just Sandy telling about one of these uh, workshops that we had. He's the operator at Claymont Ways World Treatments. Hey, Jason. Man, that's even more pressure, thanks. Do I in the morning service? As <laughs> <laughs> I pray, dance and sing a song. Okay, so Sandy, uh, tell me, tell me, um, how did you find the workshop? Very, very interesting. You know why? You don't, you don't always get time to talk with some of the bosses, maybe uh, the municipality, now we sit around one table, and we look each other eye to eye, and listen what we are
1: saying is operators, or land operators, or uh, oh, a lot of names for us. but. Now you can see, now we can talk together. Now I, 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 I learned a lot of things. And I enjoyed the session today.
0: And see you next time. Thank you. Thanks. So you can really see It's really appreciating that we listen to him. And, and he feels loved. And it turns out that that, that guy is actually a, a well-known Afrikaans rapper. The next clip. Go, Sandy, go, go. He's on YouTube. He says, God tell him. You can stop. <laughs> okay, that's... And and when I prepared for the sermon, this is Koranis. That's in our church. Okay, so you never know who's operating your waste or treatment works. You might just be making raps about your poop. But okay, here's my challenge to, to the innovators. To the people that's got the love of Jesus in you. It's the most potent innovation tool that you'll ever have. And it's not just for the church or the small group because we know how to innovate on in those things. It's also for your business, for what you're studying, um, wherever you are, it's for everywhere. And I believe that if you follow this principle that Jesus followed, loving people, you'll be a market disruptor, because you'll be really innovative, because your innovation will be based on love. And then, like some people will say, if you serve someone well and you address their needs, then people will give you certificates of thanks with Nelson Mandela's name on it. Sorry about that poo emoji in the beginning.
1: So the, the only the one thing about talking the only thing worse than talking before Kenny is actually having to talk after Kenny's talk because it was quite a quite a brilliant talk. Now I'm looking at you and you're looking at me and I'm nervous and I'm just gonna So all of us are sitting here tonight and you come from somewhere, you come from a family, you come from a a community. And you're here and we're, the chances are if you belong to this church, you are part of a community. It might be a good community, it might be a bad community, but you do belong and you do work and live in some sort of community because you are interacting with people. I think a community is built up on two major components. Communication and action. Action gives credibility to communication. Communication gives context to action. And these two, whether you use them together or separate, just do the one and not the other, you can use these to send messages. And that's uh, what I want to be talking on tonight, is getting the message across. Because sometimes we send messages, but do these messages in whatever form, do they, do they, do they, do they reach the, the, the person or the, the intended recipient? And I think if you take a look at the world out there, so the, the answer is sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does. Sometimes the wrong message reaches the, the person or the, in, the recipient. Sometimes the right one. So, when I chose, when I chose my topic, uh, I decided to be an excellent student and sit down and really look at other people's homework, and just copy it and pass it off as my own. <laughs> so I shamelessly just watched a lot of TED Talks, because that's what I do. And I integrated their frameworks, and took the best of what I thought were great insights, and kind of formed it to, to um, or molded it to be able to, to say, to communicate what I want to communicate. So you will see that I... Um, I I start with the first principle, I think, that is important when you're sending your message. Whatever it is, in whatever form, that you look at, what do you really want to communicate? And why? Alright? You as an individual, you probably have a message to send because you are communicating, you 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 have actions, you have interactions with people. Us, as a community here, we have a message to send we have a positive message to send. We have good news to deliver. Also, sometimes we have other messages that we want to to send. And that's why it's important to look at what do you really want to communicate and why. If you've uh, listened to our very own uh, Liana Dashner's summary of Simon Sinek's the Start with the Why TED Talk, you will know that she's discussed the why we are here as a community. And I've kind of just shamelessly, once again, stolen Simon Sinek's framework and being like, okay, well, maybe there's something there as to what is it we want to communicate. The what and the why, I highlight as separate, but they're not really separable in a communication or in a message because if you change the what, you change the why. And I highlight that really because often we communicate a lot of things. But we don't really we don't think about what is it we're really trying to say. Now, as a great example, I love um, I love relationships and marriages. When you look at a a marriage, uh, whether he or she comes home on the day, honey, how was your day? I'm fine. fine. Honey, how was your day? I'm fine. <laughs> What is being communicated? Well, I can tell you that the words are saying, I'm fine. But that's not the what of what is being communicated. If it's the he, chances are what is being communicated, I am not fine. I don't want to talk about it. Don't ask me about it. Chances are he probably hit the car on the way out or something like that. If it's the she, stereotypically... I'm fine. Is I am not fine. I am not going to tell you, but you need to find out. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs)
0: right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nyasha is supporting me on this one. You better run after the, the, the service, break. So that is why you, when you change the, the, the why, and the why that's being communicated is, 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 is different when you change persons. Also when you change, even if it's the same statement, sometimes when you just look at changing the subtleties of the what, you actually change the why. And you also change what you really want to communicate. So that's my first, the, f- the first point I want to look at tonight. Because these are principles I think that we all know but we don't often think about them when we communicate. Implicitly, we all, we all use the principles I, I'm, I'm mentioning at this point, of which is this, this is point one. And uh, this is the base. What do you really want to communicate and why? The what is often used as, you know, you can, you can, you can uh, communicate dissatisfaction, you can communicate sympathy, empathy happiness. I like to communicate humor. I love humor. But I'll get to that now. The what and the why are often, can, can really be summed up well with the, what they call the, Morabi, the Morabian principle. It's called the, the 73855 rule. Now, I'm, they weren't as innovative with, uh, as Kenny with the naming of this rule. I didn't make this up. But this guy called Moravian and Ferris, in, 19, in the 1960s, they actually went to go look at what, what role does non-verbal communication play in communication, in sending messages. And they looked at presentations, they looked at um, relationship interactions, and this is their conclusion. This is a, a rule of thumb that ca- they come up with, that se- that's only 7% of what you are communicating comes from the words that you say. And we see that from the, I'm fine, example. 38% comes from the tone of voice, and 55% come from body language. So the point I'm trying to make is that a lot of what we communicate is not necessarily what we say, and we all know this, but often we, we don't think about it. We don't think about what we're really communicating, and why. I said I, I like to communicate humor, um, and uh, a lot of that happens through, through social media. And uh, I, I actually mailed these guys, and I was uh, I was I was quite I was I wanted them to update this this research that they that they um, they would be working on. I was like, you know what? They they didn't incorporate technology, and because this is 1967, they didn't have Twitter and WhatsApp and stuff like that. So we actually reran the the data, and I got a response from them, and uh, we got we got some we put the data together, and I put I put together a new visualization, and. Uh, this is the new chart I drew up. <laughs> so, you'll see there that we have this the communication and that 98% of communication nowadays happens through technology and social media. That is a completely bogus number, by the way. I just made that up. But I'm, the point I'm trying to make across is that the mediums we can use of communi- communicating the what and the why we communicate is so important. so much more important because we've got so many platforms to communicate on these days. We can send literal messages through WhatsApp. We can send voice notes, which you know, the tone of voice minus the body language. We can do a lot of things through social media, and you'll see that a lot of things are being done through social media. A lot of people are communicating and sending messages, whether they intend to or not. My own social media experience, as I like I said, I like to communicate humor. And uh, this is um, my view on, on time management. You'll notice that uh, I, I included the, the number of likes on, on purpose, just so, you, just so I can show you that I'm famous on the internet. And to also just let my mom know that I actually am doing something with my life on Cape Town. I've actually got a social media presence. So when she watches this later, she's probably going to phone me and be like, You need to do something with your life. I like uh, this is my view on fitness and, and dieting. Why well, have abs when you can have kebabs? That's that's pretty much what I think. This is why uh you know this is my my view on 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 my philosophically on life. I I thought I was wrong but I was also mistaken on that. But I also need to follow my own advice that I sometimes give on Facebook, and that's uh, that an egotist is someone who's usually me-deep in conversation. So I need to move on before, you know, you guys start seeing me as an egotist. But before I move on, I'd like to show you one more. And when I wrote this, I thought this was, this was epically funny. So I see some of you can already relate because you're thinking that sibling, that mother-in-law, My grandmother that's always yelling at me. And this was, uh, this was my mindset when I posted it. I found this really funny. But someone else did not. A friend of mine and someone I, I respect that moves in, in the same community as we do, he, he decided to get on social media and say, Louis, I love your, 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 your witty Facebook statuses, but this one is Dodge. I think with the worldwide, worldwide campaign against human trafficking and the value of human life, this is a bit insensitive. This is also not in line with what, and he believes in the Bible, what the Bible says in terms of your worth and light of your son and daughtership in Christ. My first thought was, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> but I thought about this, you know, and, and at first I, I, I experienced the normal emotion. I wanted to get on and be like, well, you're missing the point, And... This, this is, and, and this is not what I intended. But the more I thought about it, is that he also has a point. Maybe what I was trying to communicate was not sending the right message. Although, other people found it funny as well. So that brings me to my next principle. We've, we've looked at the, what do you want to communicate and why? Oh, I did say, uh, fair enough. That's what I ended up saying. Fair enough. Thank you for, 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 your, for your insights. Because I did appreciate that. It made me think. Consequently, I've not taken this down because I wanted to, 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 st- I wanted to stay on my social media as a reminder that I need to think about this, this next principle. And that is that context is everything. Another one of the TED Talkers that I stole from, is a guy called, I'm going to have to read his name because I, it's, it's hard to remember, Pellegrino Riccardi. He runs a business working with companies that work across borders and across cultures. Uh, he has an excellent TED talk on this, by the way. And his, his definition of culture, and I want associate to associate that with context, because culture creates context, is that culture is what is accepted and what is familiar and context can be the same thing. It is what you accept or not accept, and what is familiar and what is not familiar at that point in time. And the very fact that you have a culture and that you have a context means that my assumptions are not the same as your assumptions. Your assumptions are not the same as mine. And just looking at you know the the the, the makeup, the composure of the of the audience here tonight, or the com- composition. Is that we are we're all already from many different types of cultures, and that's beautiful, but that also means that we have to consider context. Some messages don't need context, though. Messages of hate, derogatory comments—they don't need context. I just think back of uh, Kenny's mentioning of of this guy that they had to go and clean, and suddenly everybody's gone because now and, he's, and immediately his interpretation is it's because I'm less educated. But that's also immediately, it's because I'm not valued enough. So we have to consider these things. Also, I think messages of truth, absolute truth, do not necessarily need context. But everything else in between probably does. Context is really everything. The next Oh, uh, yes, the next slide I want to show you is an image. And this hammers home that context is everything to me. This is an image that went viral in 2015. I think some of you might have already seen it. This is a photo of a, of a four-year-old, uh, I think her name is um, Sued. Anyway, it's a Syrian, four-year-old Syrian girl in a refugee camp in the north of Syria. The story behind this is that a, a Turkish photographer was, was roaming the camp and they were taking pictures as, as they do for, for, um, for media and to make sure the truth gets out. And uh, he saw a bunch of kids playing and he had a telescopic lens on his camera. And as he leant over to take a photo, this, this four-year-old put her hands in the air, which is also a, a sign for I'm unarmed. This is internationally, you know, this is what they would use to say, like, listen, I don't have any guns in my hands. I'm not hostile. Nothing communicates context like this he just wanted to take a photo she understood this guy is going to kill me there's malicious intent and that is if you remember nothing else from from just this principle is that context really matters. your assumptions are not the same as mine mine are not the same as yours. The next principle I'd like to think I'd like to think about as well is who is this message about? And Celeste Heatley, she is a radio uh, interviewer. She interviews politicians she loves, politicians she doesn't like. And she also has an excellent TED Talk that I stole from. And she has a, a talk on, on, on TED Talks uh, about 10 ways to have a great conversation. I really advise you to, to, to go and listen to it. And one of the things she mentions is that when having a conversation... It's not about you. And I thought about this, and I agree. In a conversation, if you're having a conversation with someone else, it's not a, it shouldn't be just about you, or it shouldn't be about you. But when you're sending a message, I thought I'd modify it to the following statement It's not about you, it's even less about me. It is about all of us. We're in a community, we are in a community with different contexts, different cultures. And we all have messages to send. So it is about all of us. Sometimes you would have a message to send to say, I can help. This message is about me. I can help. Sometimes you need to be able to say, I, I need help. And exactly the other way around. So you need to consider who this message is about. Just to sum up, three, the three principles I think of, it's what do you really want to communicate and why? And it's what do you really want to communicate and why? Second of all, context is everything. Lastly, you need to think about who this message is about. These three principles, I believe, will then dictate as to how this message is to be communicated. Now, I don't have time to get into this today, and there are tons of material on the how you communicate and what are the what are the do's and don'ts, but I'd like to just mention these three. One of the top theologians of the Christian Church, Paul of Tarsus, once wrote in a letter to, to a, the, a community just like ours in the city of Colossus, and he said, "Walk in wisdom towards those the who who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace." That's the how seasoned with salt, that you may know how or what you ought to answer everyone.
0: Thank you.